needs. Otherwise, on SAFM. Alessa Gadi, hello and welcome to Otherwise. Hello, good afternoon, Shadow. And thank you for your time, Balisa. Yesterday was a very important day for the Safer Internet Day movement. Yes, uh, definitely uh, very interesting. It's been 10 years um, of, of celebrations. It started in 2004, mm-hmm. and now South Africa is, is also uh, taking further and firmer steps in, in working on programs to, to assist and make sure all consumers are part of this drive. Now tell us about what the day should, what the movement is all about. Yes, it's about the drive to make the internet safer, but, and you've got, you're in collaboration, I see, with very interesting people, uh, Childline SA, the Department of Women, Children and People with Disabilities, uh, just to name a few, and the Nelson Mandela Children's Fund also supports it. Yes. What we've done this year, which was um, a bit um, of, of a change in approach, we've worked with several partners in the sector. You, you, you Twitter, Facebook, Mixit, Chartland South Africa, uh, UNICEF, um, the Nelson Mandela Children's Fund, the Parents Corner, Media Monitoring Africa, to make sure that we have a consented effort but also from a government's perspective, we we enable we able to to bring along all the interested parties as far as these mediums do work in, and that we also attract um, uh, children uh, learners in particular mm-hmm. as users, so that they understand and can associate with who is behind Twitter. Who are these Google people? Are they for real? And we, we had Google South Africa as well. Mm-hmm. And so we had a very interesting program with um, uh, learners from Jules High School mm-hmm. uh, in Town, uh, where they shared uh, platforms with um, other learners from uh, their peers from Soweto. Uh, we had a group of about 100 students and uh, educators. And what they had as part of the program uh, was to discuss these matters, but also create their own apps um, and ideas how safer uh, apps can be created so that they are able to use them without um, exposure. They also said that we need a response guide, um, a responsible user's guide to all these mediums we're using, to your Twitter and Facebook. And, and, and also we had a parent's corner, how... As, uh, as as young people and, and learners, do they start engaging their own parents about what they see, which is uncomfortable uh, in social media space? Mm-hmm. How can they break the silence? How can they engage? So they had several discussions on, on, on the how part and the practicality um, of issues. But Balisa, what what... what came out as as the main issue. Uh, I, I know usually uh, kids end up uh, becoming victims of pedophiles and child molesters, which is kind of the, the main concern. But when, when having these conversations and these workshops, what, what, what comes out as the main concern? The main concern, Shad, is that um, the systems and the syndicates are very advanced. By the time we catch up with uh, the latest trends or we hear these reports, they have moved on. For instance, we've heard of reports now that 
um, at the malls or during after school. Uh, there are people with cameras taking pictures of young girls in uniform, which is quite, you know, um, moderate and, and, and not as malicious. And they will target certain uh, girls with certain features, you know, who look like models, mm-hmm. and say, can you take a picture? And some will agree. And then they will say, what's your address? address who would like to send your picture. You see now mm. uh, the dynamics are changing mm. and, and that's the, the attractiveness um, of, of all of this is also changing and with the mind of the child. You, and then from there, uh, children will be abducted and, and it contributes to also child trafficking. But also the old uh, norm, it's become, I'm saying it's an old norm now, because sexting we've, we've seen over time mm. and cyberbullying are key programs, um, key challenges that are there. That Childline is also working on uh, having pro, um, programs on and also the Film and Publication Board is working on, on our outreach um, with uh, throughout the schools. And also the issue of child pornography, it's, it's still... Uh, amongst one of the challenges. What we've observed and received a report yesterday, we were on our feet right in the middle of um, Johannesburg downtown. We we found that now um, these inf- the informal distributors, people who sell at the corner, sell these DVDs, are also se- uh, selling pornographic, uh, uh, quite a number of pornographic material. And and you you do you are not supposed to be buying as a consumer pornography from a street corner hmm. because there are shops and there are areas that are de- um, dedicated for that. That is why um, all these DVD shops that are selling um, erotic material, they are bl- blinded uh, in black um, paint and you are unable to see as, an, as a consumer from outside but enter those. Hmm. So we've seen quite a lot of trends and we went in and saw that um, there's, there's also a, a link, a, a syndicate that when we arrested about four um, informal uh, traders, but by the time we were looking at the spots um, with the Johannesburg Metro Police, we found that they have already packed. Mm. So that means this is all integrated, this is all planned, and this is masterminded. I'm told they're mainly at taxi ranks and bus ranks because of the traffic. Yes. It's, 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 it's we, were, we were there. Yeah, yeah no, that, that, that's we where they there. hang out. And Our CEO as well, uh, Mr. Teba Wakasha, was part of the raid. And we, we, we could see that um, these people are organized in their own uh, way and that um, they are uh, um, plotted in, 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 in very dense areas where mm. there's traffic flow mm. and, and like you say, taxi ranks. And these are the same taxi ranks that um, our own learners, they take buses back home and, and they, they are exposed to this material um, well, any time of the day. Well, you know, that, that, that's who I'm worried about because I'm not worried about an adult who buys an adult movie and, and yes. that, does whatever they do to it. I don't care where they even buy it. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the young girl, and they're usually shoved in your face. You know, I'd be driving down the road and somebody at the street, I'm at a traffic light and somebody just goes, here's a video, do you want to buy? And I can say yes or no. But the young girl who's, who doesn't know, or young boy doesn't know what to do, uh, what conversations should us parents be having with our children? Because clearly these things are there, clearly they're part of their daily lives. But what are we communicating to our children about them? 
I think we we need to also go back to basics. The South African community um, is, is is a bit uh, conservative as far as sexuality and and, and sex education is concerned. Um, the SPB, uh, as as an institute of government, also we have uh, pinpointed just a few interventions. Uh, that is why you find us in schools through um, life orientation teachers because uh, parents are everywhere and parents are in their homes. But also what we've done is to go to certain sectors where you'll find parents congregating, including your churches, including your school governing bodies. Now, with the conservative element of of, of the South African population, Mm -hmm. now the responsibility lies with the individual parents in terms of uh, what is it that they deem as any exposure? Because more other parents are more liberal mm-hmm. as far as sexual education is concerned and, and what their children should be doing at what age. Now, we are unable to prescribe at that level, but mm-hmm. the more we engage and find parents, we've been to even stock cells last year where we were engaging parents and, and parents were, were also very receptive of the information. Some of them, we said to them, yes, you have uh, paid for TV, a subscription, and and with with a, a satellite dish outside your home, you are not there from time to time. You are at the stock fair. You come back at 11 p.m. Who is running the show at your home? These are some of the mechanisms you can work on. We know that you can filter and, and also put as stoppage to certain age of sections um, within the paid for TV, um, uh, your satellite TV. Now, meaning that uh, parents need to be more educated and more equipped, also with the phones, uh, the sifting, and and also how. You look and ask for advice when buying a smartphone for your child. At the same time, before uh, signing off that contract, the least you can do as a, con- as, as a parent is to ask if there's any filtering uh, system or software that you can include before that phone leaves you, you leaves the shop so that you are in some of in, in, in control. But also the level of literacy uh, of children is, of, of parents as far as technology is concerned. We found that youth they are unable, they are able to unbungle they are unable, they are able to undo yes. uh, these filtering systems on their own and their friends and and, and the small shop there in the corner is unable to is able to do these things for them. Well, they share and all this information, you know, with with the child from a liberal family to a child from and a child from a traditional family. It really doesn't matter what sort of conversations you have because they get to school and they share these things and and, and they share this information. But is there an age that is suggested by the Film and Publications Board of when you may introduce a a, a cell phone to your child? Um, you know, at, at, at what age? Are, are there recommendations okay. or does it just depend on the parents? Yes. Uh, Shadow, we're unable to prescribe for now as far as our research, empirical research is concerned, but what I can tell you, we are currently busy with um, research, empirical research in terms of uh, the impact of media on, and, and, on, on, on children. Hmm. Now, that's going to be a study and a focus study which will give us some uh, form of sense. It's been done internationally. Yes, there are lessons, but we need our South African community 
to, to, to say because we are a unique community. What happens in, in, in Kombu and Kwakwa, for instance, is different from what's currently happening in Soweto. Yet, all these young people are, are able to use cell phones. Mm. And there's this, it, some might be more exposed to, to Wi-Fi because there are outlets that offer um, a, a Wi-Fi, but they are able to use cell phones. Now, we have, we are under, we, we have a planned research that we, we have uh, kick-started uh, to say, but what is the age? But we are looking at the primary age because children are starting early, and we're looking at the normal early development ages, and we are prescribing from that. We're looking at the programs that will be saying, uh, from uh, primary uh, ages, uh, including from your three to four year old, what what are the trends and where is the most intact? And then because they do also, they can press a button or two mm. at that age. But also as as they grow, um, these are the trends and these are the intervention we need to to seek um, an understanding with society and inform parents back and inform childminders and guardians in terms of what can be done. But we're looking at also we focus uh, mainly on your school going um, children from primary schools mm. um, through life orientation uh, and also high schools uh, we've put on emphasis on them because the cases were, were coming at that level. So the research will be published and we'll be able to share with the rest of South Africa of what are the current trends in, in, our, in our own country because we've observed the Australian model, we've observed the, the, the U.S. model, uh, which is more radical, and and, and we, we need to compare apples, mm. apples at, the, at the end of the day. Now we need our own. You know, I'm, I'm glad that you're also working with the, with the Department of Education because uh, I, I find that more and more children are doing their homework on computers as well. Yes. My, my daughter comes home and wants to use my computer, and I, I often thought, you know, if, if mine wasn't locked, she would obviously have access because you're not thinking. You're thinking if, if, if it's a child's computer, that's locked, their cell phone is locked, but it says, you know, may I use yours, mum? And you don't know what, what is going on. So I'm glad that the Department of Education is, is, is working with you in that regard, and hopefully we, we get to, to see that, that research soon. But how do we then get the children themselves you know, at the moment, all these departments have got adults who are, who are doing research and doing all these things. How do we find out how to utilize the same children to give us input on where they can make their Internet safe? Because I think if we engage yeah. them and let them become part of the solution of making the Internet safe, because they find loopholes anyway. So how, is there an opportunity to do that? Yes, um, I, I, I think that's, that's you know, Shadow, what we've seen over time is that children, they understand and they do feel uncomfortable at, at, at some point with this. Yes, they do share uh, um, virally um, some of these pornographic inserts as well. But through what we've done and observed yesterday, um, we've had a lot of, of children saying, 
you know, what I see most of the time in my phone makes me feel uncomfortable. From the SMS that says I've won uh, a few pounds, uh, <laughs> thousands of pounds, oh, the one that says those. click um, um, for this to see a, a pornographic insert. Now, they said that um, in their groups yesterday, which was one of the, the few pragmatic and, and very practical ways we engaged um, with yesterday uh, for the first time, they created their own apps. They created um, their own game, game plan, like a, a game show. Um, so they were able to to prescribe to us, to show us that we we have our own thoughts and we even can give you the ways in which you can engage us uh, with. So it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how the apps uh, can be taken on uh, by Google and, and, and other interested parties because it's an ongoing um, a, a program that we, we are running. And they told us exactly what is it that they want us to do. They want to be safe because we have told them that this is where you become safe, uh, unsafe with, with the use of the Internet. Mm-hmm. So um, from what we've seen yesterday with the apps and their ideas, and the Department of Communications uh, was was with us as well, and and we thought that it's, it's the first time that we're able to see South African youth. I'm going to generalize for now because it was a pilot in Gauteng. Okay. Um, being able to, to, to say, this is what we need, and we're speaking the same language with you, Google. We're speaking the same language with you, uh, Film and Publication Board. And these are our ideas. Our, an app created, um, an app created by a child contains one, two, three. Mm-hmm. And and then yes, they they continued. They were very creative yesterday. I was so so impressed by the level of engagement, pitching ideas. Some can be even sold to broadcasters as oh, well, really? as and with excitement and with much creativity as well. Yeah, because I I know that often we tend to talk down to children, and the minute you recognize their work and acknowledge mm. their, their way of thinking, I think then they become part of the solution, which is amazing. But uh, now th- there's a website I know that Google started, you know, with family safety uh, and, and all of that, how, how on child safety campaign. Um, and I'm, I'm not too sure what languages do we have any access to uh, the solution again with languages that's what I'm trying to find out is it only in English and where parents can go and children can go to get these uh, uh, safety tips about how to navigate the internet in a, in a, in a safer way is um, Google, they've adopted, I'm not speaking on their behalf yes. at the moment, yes. Yes, uh, African languages as well uh, for interpretation in most of um, their information. But what we found each other on was the, 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 the software um, and also the filtering. And we explained to um, to the young learners that, when you go to your famous YouTube and you are following a particular person or you would like to see a, a, a video, you have an option to report that and, and there's someone on the other side waiting for you 24 hours okay. uh, to respond to your call. Now, what they're saying is that there's an up or down sign, for instance, with YouTube, where you can just select and, and it shows. 
Uh, and then you would also indicate what is it that is making you feel uncomfortable about the particular uh, side of video, mm-hmm. and you are, you are able to, to to explain that. So those are the, the simplistic terms uh, of engagement we went to because I don't think yeah, learners understood that you, there are these options. But also we spoke to them about the SPB hotline, where you are able to report. There's always a, a misunderstanding um, uh, in terms of the hotline because um, STB deals with reports on child pornography. I'm not sure whether it's, it's really an assumption now, but the type of calls we receive, it's mainly adults who are um, indicating or insinuating that it's... it's um, they can find the services um, for, for 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 pornography, or they can find uh, the, the the services for 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 sexual exploitation, or for sexual trade, prostitutes, and so on. People oh my who, goodness! I suppose the the the, the operative word is hot there, because you know, if <laughs> <laughs> it's a hotline, then it means you yes, you find all your sexual favors on that line. Well, I, I tell you what, Palisa, just hold that thought for a minute because I want to round off with you and, and, and get numbers uh, that that we can go, the hotline numbers and, and, and everything else. But we're taking news headlines now with Usilisa. All right. Otherwise, on SAFM. Here's someone I envy, Natalie Germana, sitting out in the open watching a gorgeous game between South Africa and Australia, a uh, cricket game. How, how's it going, Natalie? This live cricket commentary is proudly brought to you by Sunfoil Pure Sunflower Cooking Oil. Where there's great food, great friends and great cricket, there's Sunfoil bringing it all together. Now we're cooking. Thanks very much. Oh, it's a beautiful day in Centurion. A slight breeze going across the ground now as well. Very hot day, but a beautiful one indeed, considering all the rain we've had up in the high felt over the last little while. Right now, Australia are at the crease, and they are struggling against the South African attack. They lost three wickets in the first session, and at lunch were 83 for three, and have now moved on to 90 for three. At the crease at the moment is Sean Marsh. He's on 25. Michael Clark is there with him on 16. They lost their top three batsmen, and the first to go was David Warner. David Warner was bowled by Dale Stain for 12 for 16 with two fours. Next to go, Chris Rogers, the other opening batsman. He, in the end, made four from 19. Was caught by J.P. Dominey for bowling off Mornay Morkel. Ryan McLaren then in as, well, you could say, a replacement for Jacques Callis. Always difficult to replace Jacques Callis, but he's into the side after Callis retired. And Ryan McLaren picked up the wicket of Alex Doolan for 27 from 51 with five fours. And he was caught by Robin Peterson at mid-wicket. So right now, Australia, 91 for three. Run rate's not too bad. It's around three to the over. That's not really the problem. Of course, that wicket's problem is an issue, and the South African bowling attack has been very good today. Nakit Manas for SFM Sports. This live cricket commentary was proudly brought to you by Sunfoil Pure Sunflower Cooking Oil. Where there's great food, great friends, and great cricket, there's Sunfoil bringing it all together. Now we're cooking. What does it take to beat the best? Be the ones who can rise above, whose passion and resolve can outshine and outlast the rest? Five days. Five days of guts and glory. Friends and foreigners. Fries, bury rolls, fours, sixes, and now also Sunfoil Pure Sunflower Cooking Oil. Proud sponsors of the Sunfoil Test Series. Bringing together the world's best for a series of five-day non-stop action test cricket. With great food, great friends, and great cricket. And Sunfoil bringing it all together. Now we're cooking. Otherwise, on SAFM... 
just concluding my conversation with Balesa Kagi from the Film and Publications Board. Balesa, just give us a website address where we can go, especially with our children, and look through it and have a conversation about it. That is going to help us in open communications, first of all, with parents and their children, but also get some knowledge from what you you, you publish. All right. Thank you, Shada. Um we have an a filament publications website. It's www.stb.org.za, mm-hmm. and then we also um, are on Facebook, um, Filament Publication Board um, for Facebook. We are on Twitter. Uh, it's stb um, hashtag za. Our toll-free um, stroke hotline, but it is a toll-free. <laughs> it's uh, I'm sorry to laugh at it. Yeah. 0800-148-148, where parents can report um, uh, these scenes and, and also uh, incidences um, around their home. We do also have an STB uh, pro, um, uh, pro child we, um, website. It's www.stbprochild.org.za. So, we, with all this, there's, there's a whole lot of advice, and also uh, the advice you would often get in terms of the internet and cell phone safety, the type of language that young people are currently using. So, parents can also, because sometimes you can't just, you, you won't be able as a parent to read the proper. Conversation and SMSs from a child's phone. Yes, those are made. <laughs> now, what do I do, lastly, Balisa, when I get that SMS that that tells me I've won some amazing amounts of money from you know this country or that country, and then I find a video or, or you know or some kind of pornography on? What do I do with that SMS? Do I delete it or do I forward it to FPV? Um, the the SMS with money is you can delete it. We we don't deal with 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 money issues, but the one with pornography you can report it, and then we can be able to 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 see if we can trace it because we also belong to to In Hope, uh, which is an international affiliation of of internet um, hotlines in in the world. Uh, where we can collaborate, even if it's coming from another country, for that uh, to be taken down, especially at, at a web or internet um, medium uh, level. Mm-hmm. So when you report this, we we able to track it for you, and we able to 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 interact and just to see what is it that we can do, and it can be taken down. Okay. Okay. Balisa, we thank you so much for your time and, and let us know when that report comes out of that research you're doing and hopefully we can have a chat about it as well. Thanks a lot, Shadow, for the opportunity and we wish all the parents uh, a good parenting skills as far as internet and cell phone safety is concerned. Yeah, we can't, we can't deal enough with it and I'm sure you'll be back talking to us soon. Thank you so yeah. much. Have a wonderful thank day. You. Stay away from the streets. Hey? There's a political fight on the streets in Johannesburg. Not today. Yesterday <laughs> we were there. Yes. <laughs> okay, thank you, Panita. Right, thank you. Thank you. you. You've got all those um, uh, websites but www.fpb, that's the uh, Film and Publications Board, .org.za, and I think it will lead you to all other 
uh, sites on, on all you can navigate from there if you've got something to report or learn about. And their hotline is 0800-148-148. Coming back to talk two, uh, this is amazing. This, this is a principal of Elkana House Senior Primary School in Cape Town. Founder of Ed Chat SA, a Twitter chat specifically aimed at South African teachers, and that's Arthur Preston. We'll talk to him after this. When we had to borrow money to renovate, we knew who to speak to. We're already up to customers. They know us best. Gave us a great interest rate on our personal loan. Now, honey, speak to someone about keeping this pool blue. Uh oh. <laughs> Sometimes a little credit is all it takes to prosper. SMS loan to three one five one three or visit any APSA branch today. APSA, member of Barclays, an authorized financial services and registered credit provider. Standard SMS rates and rules apply. Classic Fuel is starting off the new year with an African focus, with the aim to feature more exclusive news and interviews from all over Africa. To kickstart this, a beautiful woven piece by Ghanaian artist Al Alansui adorns the February cover. This month's Classic Fuel features interviews with Zahn, Poppelberg, Walter Altman, James Novo, and Jamil Ekti Kubega, to name a few. For more arts, culture, music, lifestyle, fashion and design, purchase your copy of Classic Fuel magazine now at selected news agents. Visit classicfuel.co.za. Otherwise, on SAFM. Arthur Preston, hello and welcome and thank you for joining us. Hi, Shada, good to be with you. You know, I, I, I take my hat off for, for people like yourself. I mean, dealing with children and making sure that they get a good education has always fascinated me because it's something that I don't think I will do. Has it always <laughs> been a calling for you, was it? Yes, actually it has. I, I, I grew up with, um, in a family with, with teachers in the, in the genes, so to speak. And, um, yeah, I went into my career and uh, just found it was something I loved doing and, uh, uh, had the opportunity to take up a, a principalship a few years ago, and um, I've been at my current school now. This is my third year here, and uh, I wouldn't do anything else. Well, uh, you are very passionate about it. I mean, for you to be founding Ed Chat SA. Now, tell us how that works. Okay, so a Twitter chat is a gathering of people, like-minded people, gathering around a specific topic. Um, we use a hashtag to, um, to to bring those tweets together, and uh, a, tweet, a Twitter chat normally happens at a set time each week. So for those of us on EdChat SA, that happens on a Monday evening from half past eight to half past nine, mm-hmm. and um, the, the hashtag can be used throughout the week, of course, but during that hour, we chat around a specific topic that has to do with education in South Africa. And um, what, what I found to be quite um, interesting and, and challenging is the variety of people who come onto that chat. So you have people joining us who are from well-resourced schools and some joining us who are not in well-resourced schools where there are real socioeconomic struggles which affect the, the day-to-day teaching practice. Um, we, we discuss more philosophical things from time to time. Um, we discuss issues around assessment, around uh, classroom management. Uh, you know, that is anything that has to do with being effective in education today in South Africa. And what has stood out for you as one of the biggest issues that you've discussed so far? Well, one of the hot topics, you know, obviously assessment is one that comes up frequently because there is such diversion thinking around the role of assessment in education. Um, the, the government's uh, CATS documents are often up for discussion. That's the curriculum policy and, and program from the, from, from the Department of Basic Education. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, one of the other topics that comes up quite frequently is the use of technology. And in light of your previous conversation mm-hmm. with your previous guest, that's a very relevant topic for us. Um, we, we have discussions around the use of mobile devices 
in schools. And then, of course, we have the discussion of what about schools that um, are in communities that serve families where the use of a mobile device is just not a practical option. Um, and, and how does one become a 21st century school if technology and the access to technology is problematic? So these are the kind of debates and, and, and discussion that we have on a Monday evening. But what do you hope then to do with all your findings during these discussions? Do they just end up as wonderful discussions that you have and hopefully one of you will go back and apply uh, at your school or does one then put them together to present them somewhere? What happens to it? That's a very good question, Shadow. I think you know, at this point in time there's no formal um, outcome, if you like, to that. I think the, the forum is one of, of discussion, it's one of discovery, mm-hmm. it's one of debate, and uh, the hope certainly is that teachers who participate will go back into their schools, will share with their, their colleagues, and uh, for those who are in a position of influence in schools, that they will begin to make some changes, possibly being inspired by the conversation that's been had um, through the, the Twitter chat. Um, it's really a, a platform for people to share their ideas, um, it's also a platform for people to share their frustrations at times and to be inspired and encouraged by, by colleagues who are possibly you know, not even teaching in their own city. And that, and that, of course, is the beauty of being in an online forum. Uh, we've had folks visit us from um, all around the world, to be honest, um, some regular participants from the States and from the UK as well who, who add a different perspective to the discussion. And um, that, that's always helpful as well. What then is your conversation around uh, using technology in the classroom? I mean, I'm not too sure if you've had those type of conversations, but I'm thinking they, they, it should be a conversation to be had, especially by teachers, and how easy most of them are finding it all difficult to, to use in the classroom. I think that's very dependent on the actual school environment. Um, you know, one of the debates that's often had is, if, if we say that we want to use technology in the classroom, how do we ensure that every child has access to technology? Mm. And um, in some communities, it will be a case of children having a cell phone. Um, in other communities, it will be a case of children walking around with, with uh, tablets. So, you know, in some cases, they have nothing. So it, it's really a matter of, of um, personal or, or that particular school's environment. And um, but what, there is, what there is agreement on is that we need to be finding ways to utilize technology effectively in our classrooms today. And um, we need to use technology that is available to our students currently to impact them with the skills they require to be effective um, in the workplace when they matriculate eventually um, having finished high school. Do you know, I've often wondered when my child comes home and, and has access to the computer and says, you know, I was asked to do this research, I was asked to, to, mm. to go and Google this and that and the other. And I'm thinking, but what, what about the other child who cannot go home and do the same as you are doing and, 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 and yeah. Google and find information? Now, yeah. is that regulated or is it if you can go and find it or not? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that very much depends on the individual school community. You know, there are some communities where that would not be a problem at all, to say to children, go home, get on the Internet, um, find information, utilize an Internet-based tool for um, something to create, for example. But there will be other schools where that's just simply not a possibility. But but having said that, I'm aware of of teachers who have used basic cell phones. Um, You know, your entry-level cell phone today has most of a camera and allow the children to use pictures that they've taken on their cell phones as part of a, a lesson, for example. Um, I know of a teacher who was teaching in a, an under-resourced school who was teaching high school uh, mathematics, and she was using Twitter as a homework tool mm. um, and, and, and a way for those, stu- those students to connect with her out-of-school hours um, wow. for homework help and assistance. So it, I think the, the, the use of the technology is dependent on the circumstances of that school and also on the skill level of the teachers and their willingness to embrace something new. And I think therein lies a big key to this conversation. Um, we tend to teach the way we were taught mm-hmm. as, as young people. And 
the role of the teacher is a changing one and continues to change because society has changed and our schools need to change with it. And, of course, you know, a teacher who graduated several years ago uh, is perhaps not keen to change a particular paradigm of teaching. And um, I also must add to that that I had a conversation just recently with somebody who was talking about the role of, of an older teacher versus a younger teacher and technology in the classroom. And the assumption was made that the younger teacher would be more willing to embrace technology in her classroom or his classroom. But the experience is quite different. Very often our younger teachers understand the use of technology as a personal device. Mm. They'll be comfortable um, sharing their life story on Instagram or on Twitter or on Facebook or whatever it might be, running their own blog and so forth. But they haven't made the transition from using those tools as personal tools to pedagogical tools. And to using school, to, to making those tools work for them in the classroom as a learning experience. And we find that the older teachers who perhaps don't have that reality of, um, in fact, for some of the, the word blog might be a completely new, <laughs> new mm. concept. Mm. And for them, that's something new. They're discovering that as a teaching experience, which our younger, our younger teachers very often aren't. So it's an assumption that we mustn't make that our younger teachers are the ones who will be able to use these tools better. But Arthur, there's also a trust issue then. If, if, if students are able to communicate with the teacher via, via if, uh, Facebook or via Twitter and those kinds of things, where do you draw the line? Because mm. we've heard of very many cases where then teachers expose themselves and send pictures mm. to mm. students and all of that. How do we safeguard that? Okay, that's an excellent question, Shadow, because, of course, as with any online tool, there's an opportunity and an opening for abuse, and, and one's going to be very careful. So, you know, I would I certainly encourage every school to have a social media policy that the teachers need to adhere to. Mm-hmm. And using the tools themselves, um, one realizes, for example, that Facebook has an age restriction of 13. So it would be irresponsible of a school, someone who teaches grade four, for example, to say, um, you know, find me on, on Facebook and I'll, I'll give you, I'll be in touch with you after hours on Facebook. That's inappropriate and shouldn't be, it shouldn't be done. Um, what we would encourage teachers to do perhaps in the high school context of Facebook is to say, set up a professional page where you are Mr. Smith's grade 7 English class, for example, or grade 8 English class, mm-hmm. as opposed to um, their personal profile where they have pictures of their children or pictures of their Christmas dinners and so forth. That would be inappropriate. But you can set up a professional profile on some of those, those media, and that will allow you to communicate with your children. But again, it goes back to the training of the teachers to say, let's give you the tools, let's give you the, the, the knowledge to utilize these tools professionally and, and to explain to teachers the, the dangers of crossing that boundary. Because you're absolutely right, it's, it's a critical discussion to have. Mm-hmm. And um, we don't want to be in a position where teachers are compromised through inappropriate use of social media. Do you, do you encourage uh, parents to participate on this platform? Again, it, you know, Shadow, that's, that's again, depends on, on the platform itself. I mean, it's, it's I'm talking about you have, your, your it, ed- your essay. has a Facebook page, for example, where it's, a, it's an official channel of your school. Then it's good to have parents commenting and, and, and being part of that conversation around what's happening in the life of your school. On the other hand, if it's your profession, if it's your personal page, I don't want to be friends with, with the parents, you know, because that's different. That's my personal space. I don't want to cross that professional personal boundary. So, sorry, so, Arthur, I, I, I meant your ed chat essay. Oh, yes, okay. Do I encourage parents? Absolutely. Any parent who wants to be part of that is more than welcome to. It's, remember, a Twitter chat is completely public. Yeah. So anyone with a passing interest in education is more than welcome to participate. Mm-hmm. How do we compare? And you spoke about uh, teacher training and, and development. How do we compare mm. with, because I know you have seminars and workshops all around the world. How, how do we compare with uh, other teachers around the world? I think some With of the regards to technology, are very similar. Mm. You know, in, in the developing world, in the developed world, um, 
Internet is prevalent, and, and the use of mobile technology, particularly in Africa, I mean, mobile technology, the penetration of cell phones into, into Africa is, is phenomenal. Mm. And so our, our young people throughout the world are, are being faced with choices as to how to use these, these tools um, that they have in their hands. And um, I think similar, similar um, pressures come to bear in terms of curriculum pressure, um, assessments, you know, how do we best prepare our children for the 21st century environment, mm. um, for a workplace that we have no idea um, what that will look like because it's so different to what it was like when we left school. Um, I think those challenges are very similar. And you have to be effective in your classroom is, is, and in your school is, is a, a conversation that's held everywhere in the world. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's a, these are universal questions that, that are being addressed and, um, and need answers to. I think that the, 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 the final line there should be teachers... Uh, ha- teachers have to be lifelong learners as well. Very much so. There's no question about that. The, you know, it's, and this is where something like Twitter, uh, Twitter comes into play. Um, Twitter is a phenomenal resource. Uh, if you use it as a professional tool to connect with other teachers, um, it's a repository of, of ideas, of, of resources, of conversation, of dialogue, of debate. And if teachers are willing to try and use a tool such as Twitter to expand their horizons, it can only do them, only do them good. But I, I do want to say to you, Shadow, as well, that in this myth of talking about technology, one thing we must never lose sight of is that what is perhaps most important in a classroom isn't the technolo- technological tool that a teacher may, or not, may, may not be using. What's important is the relationship that that teacher has with his or her pupils. Mm. Relationship has to come first. Mm. Uh, the technology is not a silver bullet to fix all the ills of, of the classroom. It's not at all. It's a, it's a learning tool. And so... You know, there's a wonderful quote that I often, often used by the science fiction author Arthur C. Clarke, and he said, any teacher that can be replaced by a computer should be. And, <laughs> and that to me speaks volumes about the need for us to be in relationship. It's a, it's a, we, are in, we are in a profession that is about people. And we must never lose sight of that. Well, I think it, that goes for every profession, actually. If Absolutely. you can be replaced by a computer. Now, here's, before I let you go, Arthur, I, 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 I want to give you some homework to do. I've always <laughs> dreamt, I mean, I'm, I'm in the music industry and I love it so much. Yes. And I've always dreamt that, can you imagine if Mikasa sang all the Matt's problems and released a song? All the grade 12s would get it. So can't, can't we get musicians? to get the textbooks together and just sing about them. And, you know, our our kids would be, be, if Eminem sang about algebra, I'm sure all our kids would do well, wouldn't they? Look, I I think, you know, music is a wonderful tool to learn with. And, uh, you know, our our children will always tell us that they have music on when they learn. So, uh, and and if you go and ask children now to recite the lyrics of a One Direction song, many of them will do that without blinking an eye. So, certainly, I think you might be onto something. (laughs) (laughs) Arthur, thank you so much. How do we find you? How do people get hold of you? You can get hold of me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. To, it's at Art Preston, A-R-T-P-R-E-S-T-O-N, mm-hmm. or on email. My email is Arthur P. It's A-R-T-H-U-R-P mm-hmm. at Alcana, which is E-L-K-A-N-A-H, dot C-L-T-A. Fantastic. Thank you for your time. Huh? Thank you, Shadow. Well Have a good done. Time. Well done. Thank you. There you have it. Um, I'd like to go and just peep at that uh, at that conversation around teachers happening. It's, it's hashtag E-D-C-H-A-T-S, EdChat essay. I thought, we're still in the love month. Here is a wonderful song. Oh, no, do we, we don't have time for my song. We don't have time for my song. Okay, I'll play it for you tomorrow. It was a lovely surprise. I'll, I'll bring it back tomorrow. It is now time for Nali Bali, the story of a loose tooth.